0: Welcome to the Zen Crypto Show, where we explain cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology in simple terms, so you can feel comfortable interacting with crypto and investing in these exciting new digital assets. I'm your host, Sebastian Couture. Investing in crypto can feel like a scary thing at first. It's a perfectly normal feeling. I've seen lots of people express this fear, and I felt it myself. But beyond the fear, there is a rationale for investing in crypto, which is becoming more and more difficult to ignore. This episode breaks down crypto investing in three parts. First, we look at how crypto is perceived as a technology and how that compares to other technology revolutions in the past. Second, we focus on why people, companies, and institutions are investing in crypto and why you may also want to get off of zero, which is to say, acquire crypto for the first time. And finally, we talk about the how, different approaches to investing in crypto, and which might be right for you depending on the type of risks and rewards you're comfortable with. Before we get started, please don't take any of this as investment advice. I'm here to educate you about ways of thinking about investing, and you should always do your own research and be aware of the risks when investing any amount of money. You should never invest more than what you're able to part ways with, and you should understand the basics of investing before putting money into crypto or any asset class. We're going to explore some of these basics now. Let's get started. In the last decade, we've seen a pretty dramatic shift when it comes to the narratives around investing in crypto, and specifically Bitcoin. Around 2013 and 2014, when I first began becoming involved and becoming interested in Bitcoin, economists, banks, governments, and institutions were quite unanimous in their perception that crypto was dangerous and volatile and used for money laundering, terrorism, and all sorts of criminal activity. You know, I was a teenager in the mid to late 90s when the Internet and the web were just getting off the ground. And I remember being so excited about this really cool technology that connected everyone around the world. And you probably also remember the amount of fear which existed around the coming Internet revolution. I mean, the Internet back then was feared for its cyber criminals and porn and piracy. I still remember my parents telling me I should never share my real name with anyone on the Internet and that I should never meet anyone in person that I met online. It's crazy to think that that was only 25 years ago, and look at how much the internet has changed everything around us, including our personal relationships and social norms. And think about it, in the 90s, it was considered rude to call someone on a cell phone in the street. You remember that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry scolds Elaine for her cell phone walk and talk? Technology changes social norms. The internet and mobile technology has, and crypto is going to have similar impacts. My point is that crypto is going through similar growing pains, and it's normal. But as an observer of the industry and someone who is interested in what the future might hold, it's important to look beyond this and see where things could go. And in a future episode, I'll explore ways in which society could be shaped by crypto in the next 10, 20, 30 years. In the last three or five years, the narrative has been slowly shifting from stay away from crypto at all costs to every investment portfolio should have some amount of crypto in it. Stakeholders with long-term outlooks and interests like banks, investment funds, companies, and even countries are beginning to rethink their perspective on crypto. And it's been really fascinating to watch this shift. The past assumption around investing in crypto was that it was riskier to invest than not to invest. This was because stakeholders didn't really understand the technology and its potential applications. But in the last few years, we've seen that narrative turn 180 degrees. And now many believe that it's riskier not to invest than to invest, even if it's just a little bit. And this assumes that the crypto market will continue to appreciate and grow over the next couple of years, and that it's not too late to invest. But what is causing this shift? Well, we already discussed in previous episodes that Bitcoin is a sort of digital gold, and Ethereum is the world computer, and that there are many other serious blockchain protocols which are trying to emulate these concepts. You know, five or six years ago, the only people who thought that these ideas had any value were nerds like me who just really were interested in the technology and the potential for societal change. I guess you could say similar things about the people who were really excited about the internet in the late 80s. We took risks, not only investing in this stuff, but we also put our reputations on the line by telling people we thought crypto was the future. I mean, I remember my friends and family thinking I was crazy for quitting my job and going all in on this new thing. My mother was concerned that I was getting involved in some illegal activity. And I think a lot of people in crypto probably had similar conversations with their parents. And it's been interesting to see how the perceptions of the people around me have changed as well over the years. Now institutions are also starting to see the light. And they also think that digital gold and a world computer are valuable for society. In addition to understanding the potential for crypto to become an important part of our everyday lives in the next decades, these investors are convinced now that crypto is a good long-term investment. And although these assets are volatile, the long-term profitability has outpaced every other asset class, including the S&P 500. So although there can be periods of volatility in the short term, the long-term trends show crypto as a good investment. Today, professional investors and fund managers who are typically quite conservative when it comes to choosing assets in which to invest, well, they think that allocating just 1% of a client's portfolio in Bitcoin carries massive potential returns with minimal downside risk. That's the point I think is very important to highlight. Many folks investing in crypto are looking for investment returns in years, if not decades. If you look at the ups and downs of some of these crypto assets on a daily basis, it can be enough to make your head spin. But if you're able to zoom out and see the big picture, looking towards 2025, 2030 and beyond, the short-term price fluctuations, even if they're volatile, won't appear to matter as much. When it comes to investing, studies have shown that we can be our own worst enemies. Even if our investment thesis or in other words, our investment strategy, is correct, our very natural human emotions just take over a lot of times. We can get scared when we see our investments go down, and we get excited and greedy when our investments zoom up. And there's no question that this is the case for investing in traditional stocks like Google, Amazon, or Tesla, but it's even more so in crypto, where in the short term, you can see an asset plunge down or zoom up in just a few hours. And so therefore, I'd like to discuss three main approaches to getting off of zero, that is acquiring crypto for the first time. These approaches acknowledge our very human behaviors and hopefully will instill within you a mindset that sets you up for investing success. The first strategy is called dollar cost averaging, or DCA, and with this strategy, An investor commits to investing the same amount of money spread out over regular intervals, regardless of the price of the asset. So for example, one could decide to invest $100 in Bitcoin every other Tuesday at 10am, no matter what's going on in the market. You might already implement a strategy like this by putting money in your 401k or some other sort of investment or retirement fund every month. And the goal here is to reduce the overall impact of volatility and it prevents our emotions from getting in the way of our investment decisions. The second strategy can be more risky, but can yield higher returns. And this is to invest a lump sum of money at a particular point in time. And then you hodl. Not hold, hodl. In crypto, we hodl. It's an important cultural meme in the crypto community, And you can look up its origins, but basically, hodling means not letting your emotions get the best of you when prices are volatile. Investing a big sum of money all at once, like, say, $5,000, well, it carries more risk because you're putting more money at stake at a specific point in time, and you could lose a lot if the price drops. But potentially, you could have higher returns long term if the value appreciates. Now, let's compare these two strategies with an example. Alice and Bob both have $1,200 to invest over a year, and we're going to take the year 2020 as a reference in our example. So Alice is comfortable with high risks, and she chooses to buy Bitcoin on January 1st, 2020. And the price of Bitcoin on that day was about $7,200. So for her $1,200 investment, she'll get about 0.1666 Bitcoin. Now, Bob is more risk-averse, and he prefers to spread out his investment over the year. And he decides to invest $100 per month on the first of each month, which totals to $1,200 over the year. But because the price of Bitcoin fluctuates, he'll buy different amounts of Bitcoin every month. So if we look at the historical price data for 2020... On the last day of the year, Alice's investment would be worth about $4,800, and Bob's investment would be worth about 3500 So Alice made about four times what she invested, so $1,200, and Bob made about three times. So both made decent money, but Alice took a lot more risk because she didn't know where the price of Bitcoin would be at the end of the year. So, for comparison, let's replicate this exercise for the year 2018. That year, Bitcoin started at about $13,000 on January 1st. And on December 31st, the price of Bitcoin was just under $4,000. Now, if they would have implemented the same strategy over the year 2018, at the end of the year, Alice would have lost over 70% of her investment of $1,200 and Bob would have only lost about 50%. Alice took on more risk, and she's feeling it. And Bob still lost money, but the loss was more controlled. That's the difference between dollar-cost averaging and buying and hodling. The risk-reward ratio is much higher in lump-sum buys. Now, just consider if they had both held on to those investments until today. So they don't buy any more crypto after that 2018 year, and they just hold on to the crypto until today. And I'm recording this in October of 2021. Well, Bob, who went the way of dollar cost averaging and took less risk, would have about $9,000, and Alice would have about 5000 So in the long term, they're both doing just fine. But it turns out that in this particular instance, dollar cost averaging turned out to be the better strategy. The third strategy I'd like to discuss is buying and selling. And we also call this trading. And here, the goal is to buy low and sell high as the price fluctuates. And traders will try to predict where the price is heading based on all sorts of data like market sentiment, news, historical pricing data, and lots of other sources. Now, trading can be profitable, but it's not something I would recommend to a novice user with no experience. Something new traders often overlook are the tax implications of buying and selling crypto in the short term. In many countries, investors who buy and hold over a longer period of time will be taxed at a much lower rate than those who trade. Whatever your strategy is, be sure to always talk to a tax advisor about the financial implications of buying and selling crypto in your country. In the end, the strategy which works best for you is the one you're most comfortable with. And it's also important to consider that it's possible to further reduce risk by spreading investments across different crypto assets. So, for example, let's say you Do the dollar cost averaging method and you have $100 per month to invest. Well, it's possible to break up that $100 investment into several cryptos like $50 in Bitcoin, $25 in Ether and $25 in Solana, which is another up and coming blockchain. Of course, you could do the same thing if you were buying and hodling. And what it does is it just helps further reduce volatility risk and also the risk of investing in newer blockchains with fewer users and less adoption. Getting started in crypto is like learning a new language. It's the language of money, and it's both uncomfortable and exciting. Learning a new language is hard for most people. I can attest to this. But one thing is certain. It's something that you can only do with practice. You learn a language by speaking the language. First, by learning simple conversations like, hello, what's your name, where are you from? And then moving on to more complex grammar and vocabulary. The same goes for crypto. The best way to learn is to get off of zero. The first step is getting a wallet. And Zengo is a great place to start because it's secure and it takes just a few minutes to set up. And the next step is to buy a small amount of crypto. Next, you can pair yourself with someone you trust and send transactions back and forth. In my experience, I found that learning is almost always better when you're doing it with someone else. So start at the beginning. With resources like the Zen Crypto Show, you can start learning your crypto ABCs and a little bit of crypto grammar and simple concepts like dollar cost averaging and hodling. And the only thing that's left will be to start using that language which means getting a fraction of a Bitcoin or an Ether. And in no time, you'll learn more and more, and you'll feel more comfortable with key crypto concepts. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Zen Crypto Show, which is produced by Zengo, the crypto wallet for everyone, where you can buy, trade, and earn cryptocurrencies with unbelievable simplicity, bulletproof security, and legendary customer support. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and let us know what you learned by leaving a review. And if you'd like to suggest topics for future episodes, email podcast at zengo.com. Until next time, stay Zen. The information provided by the Zen Crypto Show is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute financial or investment advice.